Hello and welcome. I'm so excited to be here with you today. It is Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And look, let me see what the date is. I believe it's March the 8th. Yeah, it's March the 8th. I remember that because in America, it is daylight savings time. I don't know exactly what country you're watching or listening from, if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching the video, but in America today, it's daylight savings time. And I know it is in Europe and some parts of Europe. I'm not even sure where it is around the world, but if you're watching... Um, welcome from wherever you are. Welcome and God bless you. We are going to be having a wonderful time in the Lord today and we're going to be talking about wisdom. I'm so excited because, you know, I had another plan. I had another, another, uh, 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 sermon. I had something else I was going to teach about, but the Lord said, no, 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 no. And so here we go. We're going to go and we're going to be talking about wisdom. We're going to learn about wisdom today. And I just want to go before the Lord before we do anything else. So let's just do it. Dear Heavenly Father, and let's stand. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I'm just moving back so you can see me. We thank you for today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus to move in the hearts of each person, Father God, that they will hear your word, that they will receive your word, that it will touch their hearts, Lord. Give me the ability, Lord God, help me to preach your word, Holy Spirit. Help me to preach the word in the name of Jesus, that it may touch the lives of each person. In Jesus' precious name, we thank you and praise you. And all God's people said, amen. All right. So let me just pull up my chair here. I'm so excited about this because God is so faithful and wisdom is such an important thing. We need it to live. Without wisdom, we will perish. And it's godly wisdom that we need. The Bible talks about this. Um, Wisdom, knowledge. You know, my people perish for their lack of knowledge. It's important for us to study the word, know the word, use wisdom in our lives. And it's not... uh, You've got to read the word to get wisdom. Simple, 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 simple. So what we're going to do is we're going to go before the, we're going to go in the word and we're going to start with the book of Proverbs chapter 11. Now, if you've ever read the book of Proverbs, you know that there's so much in it about wisdom in particular. Some people read a proverb every day. You know, if that's something that would bless you, well, well, actually it would bless you in addition to whatever else you're reading in the word. Um, to read a proverb every day. Lots of people do that, and it seems to really be what it seems to give them a lot of wisdom um, in addition to reading the word. So I recommend if you're going to read a proverb every day, that's lovely, and do it along with reading the word from cover to cover as well. Okay? Because remember, reading that word from cover to cover, God put it together this way for a reason, and He wants us to read it the way that He put it together because God, with God, there's nothing lost. There is absolutely nothing lost with God. The way he did it is the way he wanted it and the way he meant it. I'm just going to move my cell phone over here because I want to make sure that people listening on the podcast can hear me and I don't sound too far away. Hallelujah. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about the book of Proverbs. We're going to go to chapter 11, verse 20. um, 20. All right, 20. All right, so let's go. So in verse 20, it says, they that are of they that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Okay? They are his delight. So 
in order to be upright in your way, you must read the word of God and live the word of God. This says that you're his delight. We're his delight when we live an upright life, when we're upright in our ways. How do you learn? How do you become upright in your way? Well, you give your heart over to the Lord and you read the word. And as you read the word and you meditate on the word, it's going to change your heart. Because if you read the word like it's a story, it will make no difference in your life. Reading it like a story is reading it like a historical document. A historical document just gives you uh, some information, which... You know, uh, we read history books. People read them in school. I read many history books. I find history very interesting. But you see, the Word of God is living. And when I read the Word of God, I want it to change me. That's what the Bible says, to meditate on my Word daily. Where I meditate on my Word day and night, it will change you. That's what the Bible is here for, the Word of God. So in verse 21, it says, Though hands join in hands, the wicked shall not be unpunished but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. So why does that go together? Then it says, as a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. I want you to think about that. A swine, of course, we know is a pig, a snout is a nose. So you look at a pig, okay? Let me use myself as an example. I don't like dirty things, okay? so. When it comes down to even animals, I'm not a big fan of farms. I know we need them, but the reason I don't really like them is I don't want to walk in dirt and, and the things that come from the animals and, and, you know, all that stuff. It's really messy. Some people, that doesn't bother, but I don't really like it, okay? It bothers me. So even when I see a pig, they look filthy to me. They look filthy to me. So, and I mean to anybody, even if you didn't think about farms like I do, even if you like a farm, I'm sure you know Pigs roll in their own slop and their own feces. And, you know, there's a lot of different things. And pigs just, they smell for a reason. They look bad. And I might be wrong that they roll in their own feces. I'm no farmer. But what I will say is we do know they stink. They look dirty. And, you know, that's why the Lord used us as an example. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout. So is a fair woman, which is without discretion. So what they're saying is a pig is still a pig no matter what. Not only is a pig dirty, but it was unclean. Remember also that, that God doesn't mince any words, okay? He used this as a perfect example. For the Hebrews, the Jewish people did not eat unclean animals. A pig, you would not find a pig in their farms. You would not find a pig there. So to them, a pig was you know, whoa, you got to stay away from that. So you see a jewel in a pig's nose. It's the same. It's just as bad as seeing a beautiful woman without discretion. Without discretion means she doesn't have wisdom for life. She doesn't live with wisdom. She doesn't use wisdom in her daily life. That is how bad it is when you do not have wisdom. Without wisdom, you will perish without godly wisdom. And that's what the Lord is saying. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. What does it mean? So when you are a righteous person, your desires are godly desires. That's, that's a fruit of serving the Lord and living for the Lord. Your desire will be to serve God and will be to do what God says. 
When your desire is an ungodly desire, you're not a righteous man or woman of God. Okay. And I'm talking righteousness through the through Jesus Christ here. So you read the word of God. The Bible even says that if you have sin in your life, the word of God will be of no effect to you. What does it mean? You keep turning yourself, turning back to sin. Then you're rejecting the word of God because the Bible says to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. All of these things, all of this word comes together. The reason that God wrote it or had it here for us, he is the one who gave us this word so that we could live by it. And when we live by the word of God, it says back here, that if the wicked, the expectation of the wicked is wrath, then what would the expectation of the righteous be? Deliverance. Think about that. Their expectation is wrath because they're not living for the Lord. They're living in wickedness and evil. So for the people of God, we have an expectation that God will deliver us. It's all through scripture. We have an expectation. In fact, that is part of our faith. That is our faith to expect that God will take care of things, to expect that he will deliver us, to expect that he will always, always, always do what he said he will do in our lives and through our lives. If we are the righteous, then we can expect that. You can stand on his word when you are righteous. When you are not the righteous, when you do not live for the Lord, you can't stand on his word. Those promises are not for you, friends, if you are not living for the Lord. I know that might be stepping on a couple of people's toes, but you need to hear this. If you're living for the word, for the Lord, you have all of the promises in the word of God. They're yours. The promises are for the people of God. That's who he wrote this word to. He didn't write this word to the ungodly. They can't understand it. Why? The Bible says that we'll only understand according to the Holy Spirit. There's no private interpretation of the word of God. That means that my, my personal interpretation is null and void. What the Holy Spirit gives me to share is the truth. Only by the Holy Spirit. So when I, if I go through this Bible and I try to break it down with my mind, that's not only foolish, but it will give me nothing. But when I go through the word of God and I meditate on it and I ask the Holy Spirit to give me revelation, he will give me revelation. That's how I understand the word of God. It will open up right before my eyes and your eyes as well. This is why we pray before we read the word of God, because we want revelation. We need revelation, but we can't have it on our own. That's why you meet theologians or you see theologians or people who have gone to seminary and people who've gone to theology school and they can have a doctorate or a PhD in so many in, 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 I don't know, you could call it in scripture. I don't know what the titles are, but they have no spirit of God. Why? Because it's all head knowledge for them. It had nothing to do with the Lord. It was all head knowledge. It was all head knowledge and what a sad thing and what a scary thing. Because you see, when I go before the Lord, I don't want to go before the Lord and be rejected. I want to go before him and be accepted. I want to go before the Lord and be feel and know that I pleased him. That's what I want to do when I go before the Lord. I'm sure you do too. The only way to do it is to read his word and live by his word. We can talk all we want, but our fruits show what our heart is, what's in our heart. 
That's why it says here, it says it, that the desire of the righteous is only good. That's because if your heart is righteous, which is by the Holy Spirit, then you only want what God wants. That's it. You want what God wants. Look at the fruit in your own life. If for some reason you no longer have a desire for the word of God, something's wrong. You need to check yourself. If you don't have a desire for the word of God, something's wrong. Okay? The Lord shows us in his word throughout scripture that that the desire for the word of God comes by the Holy Spirit. If you have no desire for the word of God, then something's wrong. The Holy Spirit is left and you need to repent. Do not be like Saul. The Holy Spirit left him and he didn't even know it. The Bible says he had no idea that the Holy Spirit had left. The Spirit of God had left him. He didn't even know it. He didn't even know it. But you and I have the scripture to teach us. And we have this word of God. So I'm going to continue on. In verse 24. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meet, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. This is about giving. And wisdom is giving. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. There is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal shoal shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. So I want you to think about this. This is another piece of wisdom. The Bible tells us that if we give, Give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together. You, you know the scripture, right? When you give, it will be given back unto you. This is wisdom. This right here gives us wisdom. This says that when we scatter, when we give, we'll have increase. We don't give because we want increase, but we give and we can have the expectation of increase. You see, the Bible tells us that we're to give because we love the Lord. We give because we love him. We give because we love the Lord. We don't give because we want him to give us something back. That's the wrong attitude to have. That's the wrong motivation to have. That's the wrong spirit. But when we give, we can have a full assurance that the Lord God will increase us. You see, whenever you give, which should be in any church that you are being fed at, Every time you hear the word of God, when you're fed the word of God, you need to give. That's scriptural. That's scriptural. When you hear the word of God, you give unto that man or that woman of God that just fed you. The tithe goes to the storehouse, which is your church, your home church. There, then the Lord will give you wisdom and speak to your Holy Spirit, to your spirit about an offering, whatever that might be. And as you go and you hear the word of God in other places, whether it be if you physically go or you hear it online, you give to that man or woman of God as the Holy Spirit leads you to. But that's scriptural and that's wisdom. But as the Bible says it here, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. So if I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. Scattereth is like the seed. Your giving is your seed. You're scattering and you're increasing. Because you see, in the world... When you give and give and give, then you won't have enough. 
but according in the, in the word of God and in the spiritual things. So for the people of God, when we give, we get back. When we give, we increase. When we give, we are blessed. When we give, the Lord gives us back. You see, when you come with a heart to honor the Lord God, you can stand on his promises. There is no promise that he will not give you that you don't have. You've just got to know it. You've got to have wisdom to know it. That's the other thing. There's wisdom. It's right in the word. It tells us that we can expect that God will do what he said he will do. All through scripture, he proves himself. All through scripture, you see prophecy revealed, prophecy fulfilled, prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. You see the word of God being walked out and how faithful he is. If you can't look at your own life, if you for some reason forgot how faithful he was in your own life, look at the word of God and see how faithful he is. He is faithful. As a person of God, as a believer, as the righteous, you can trust what God said he'll do. There is wisdom. There's wisdom right there. Let's move on. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. So you hold back, you don't give, you'll be cursed. That's scripture right there. That's scripture. So don't let anybody tell you if you don't have a lot of money that you don't need to tithe 10%. That's a lie from the devil. I used to believe that lie and I didn't never, I never had enough money to pay the bills, to, to have food. I didn't have enough money because I believed the lie from the enemy. And lots of well-meaning Christians will tell you that. Lots of well-meaning Christians told me that, but I didn't go to the word of God and read it and say, see it for myself. And I share this with you so that if you're one of those people who are saying, well, you know, my if, you, if your family was saying to yourself, my goodness, there wasn't enough money for the month. You know that old saying there, there wasn't enough money for months. You didn't have enough money to take care of everything. Start giving and watch how God increases you. Do not believe the lie that you're not required to tithe. 10% of your gross, 10% of the gross of whatever comes in, you give that to the Lord. That is a requirement. The Bible says when you don't give, you will be cursed. And it's not just here in the scripture. Go do some research in the word yourself. Go search it out. I did. When a man of God preached that, I was flabbergasted, I have to tell you, because I had been wondering why was it that I would give and I would give and I would give. I'd never gave the full 10%, the full tithe. In addition, and then of course, it's, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Offering. This was in my young days as a Christian. I didn't give all that. I didn't think I needed to because I said what everybody told me. Oh, God understands. He doesn't expect you to take away from your family so that you can give money to the church. See, that's the wrong way to look at it. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. You're not taking away from your family. You're giving to God. In the book of Malachi, he says that you robbed me. By not giving your tithes and offerings. You're robbing God. And when you rob God, you do not have abundance in your life. You are cursed. That's the word. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, as soon as I realized, as soon as I got the revelation, I'll never forget it, probably for the rest of my life. I remember exactly where I was. I even remember what the church looked like. I remember the, pre the pastor that preached it. I was shocked. And I remember he said, if you've been robbing God, you need to come up here right now and you need to repent and you need to ask the Lord 
to forgive you for having robbed God for however many years that you've been robbing him. And boy, I had been robbing him for most of my Christian life because I believed the lie that I didn't need to give my full 10% and more. The requirement is 10%. And then you give as the Lord leaves the offering more, whatever the Lord leaves, understanding that he will be faithful. He is the word faithful. He is faithful. Can you understand that? He is faithful. So you don't have to worry to say, well, I don't know where the money's going to come from. No, 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 no. Here's what you need to do. You need to say, the Lord says this. He is the word faithful. He is the definition of faithful. Faithfulness, anything that's faithful in this world came from the Lord God because he is faithful. So because of that, I'm going to give. I'm going to give where I'm fed. You go to church every Sunday, the, that, that preacher, that man or that woman of God delivers the word of God. You give your tithes faithfully and watch what God will do in your finances. Trust me when I tell you this. In fact, don't trust me. Trust the word of God. Trust the word of God. I'm telling you, I watched it happen in my own life. I watched my finances turn over all of a sudden. I didn't know. But I'm telling you so that you will look to the word of God. Don't listen to what the people out there say. And I don't care if you don't agree with what I'm saying here now. You see it in the word of God. Go to Malachi. You can see it right here in Proverbs chapter 24. It's all through the word of God. It's all through the word of God. And yes, tithing is for today. It is for today. Those people who say that tithing is not for today, look at their finances. I met people who said, Oh, well, we don't have to give all of our 10%. God doesn't punish us if we don't give 10%. You don't have to do that. That's the Old Testament. Those people were in bankruptcy. Those people didn't have enough money to pay their bills. Those people were trying to sell a house and they couldn't sell it. See, that's the fruit. That's the fruit of not tithing. I'm not telling you to tithe so that you will get. I'm telling you to tithe and give because you love the Lord. Give because you're obeying the Lord. Obedience is rather is better than sacrifice. Give because you love the Lord, but know that you can expect that God will turn your finances around. This is what I need you to hear. This is wisdom. This is wisdom. So you give and you give and you give. You give every chance you get. I'm saying you need to look for opportunities to give and give every opportunity you can. You have $5, give. You have 25 extra dollars. Lord God, this is all I have. You've given your tithes. Okay. That let that be number one. Tithe is 10% off the gross. 10% off of what the, the top is what you give. Not off the net. Okay. Not off after taxes are taken out. You give your tithe off the gross. Why? Because that is the full amount God gave you. Uncle Sam just took his money out. That's where you get your net. That doesn't mean all that money wasn't yours. All that money was yours. So you give off the gross, the full amount that you get. Then go through the rest of your bills. Trust me when I tell you, watch God change your life. Watch him change your financial life. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. One moment. <coughs> and I'm going to repeat this to you. Give because you love the Lord. Don't give because you think he'll give you. Give because you love Jesus. When you see that poor man on the street and he's asking for money, give him some money. Give. The Bible says that the Lord's heart is the children. The Lord's heart is the poor. Find a ministry that's blessing the poor, that's feeding the poor. Give. 
Find a place where the poor needs, where the poor is getting their needs met. Give. Find an orphanage in some place in the country here or a family that has need, a family that's poor. Give. That's the Lord's heart. Give. And don't sit back and try to say, well, I don't know if they're going to use it. No. You ask the Lord. I guarantee you this. You ask the Lord. Where should I give? And he's going to give you places to give. He's going to show you where you can give. All of a sudden, you're going to have opportunities. And the Lord's going to show you, give to this person. And don't give and want and let and toot your own horn, okay? Don't give so that everybody sees that you're giving. Give in secret. The Bible talks about that. Don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. The left hand know what the right hand is doing. And that means give in secret. So only your Father God knows what's going on. Only your father God knows that you gave because he's the only one that you're being, that you, that you're doing this for in the first place. He, you're doing this because you love Jesus. That's why you're giving. Don't give and blow a trumpet and tell everybody how holy you are and how generous you are. Don't do that. That's wrong. That's pride. Nobody needs to know. Only the Lord needs to know. So if you can give anonymously, if you can give money to somebody and they don't even know you gave it to them, boy, that would be lovely. But I don't know how you can do that. So if, you're, if they're the only ones that know, okay. But you don't need to let anybody else know. Let it be a secret between you and the Lord God. And that person will just know that God loves them. And that's what it's all about. This is wisdom, my friends. Wisdom. Look for opportunities to give. Look for it. Ask the Lord and trust me, he'll give them to you. He'll give them to you. So you give your tithe. I want to be clear. You give your 10% of your gross, whatever comes into your home. And I'm saying whatever comes into your home, you give your 10% off of that to wherever you're being fed. If you have a church home that you go to, that's where you give your tithe. That's what scripture, that's where he says, give to the storehouse. Okay. That's scripture. Then you have your offering and the Lord will lead you. He might lead you to give an offering in your church. He might lead you to give the offering as you hear a man or woman of God preaching somewhere else. But always give when you hear the word of God. That's an offering. So if you have a home church, you give your tithe to where you're fed on a regular basis. Then the offering is above and beyond that. And the Lord God knows. But what he wants is he wants to give you. God doesn't need our money. Think about that. He doesn't need our money. If you go into the book of Genesis... You're going to understand how God set up the whole giving system. And it's pretty amazing how he did it. He set up the whole giving system so that the ministers would be given what they needed, that they didn't go out and get work, that their work was to minister in the temple and that the people, excuse me, the people of God would give and through their giving, the ministers would be given what they needed. Isn't that amazing? It's still the same today. It's still the same today. Go back and read. You read it in the book of, it's in Numbers, Genesis. Well, it's not in Genesis, excuse me, but it's in the book of Numbers. You read it in Numbers. You can read, I think some is in Exodus and Leviticus. You read it in there. And even in Joshua, as you read through scripture, you're going to see God set all this up. He set it all up. He even did not give an inheritance to the to the um, to the uh, the ministers to the Levites. He didn't give an inheritance to them. All the twelve tribes of Judah. He went down the list and talked about this one gets an inheritance. This one gets an inheritance. This one has land. This one gets this land. This tribe gets this land. 
But the ministers, their inheritance was the Lord God. And you see, they were literally taken care of by what the people gave them. But what the people gave to God, God said, then this portion of that will go to them. Isn't that amazing? So if you're thinking, well, the man or woman of God should not have money from, from my tithes and offerings, you're wrong. God provides that way for the man or the woman of God. You give, and it's not only to the man or woman of God, it's to anyone. You look around at this world today. We have, we have a need. There are people who are poor. There are so many people out there who are poor, and they need food. The church, the body of God, the body of Christ, our job is to give to them. God will give us an increase so that we may give. That's the whole purpose of the increase. That's the reason, saints. You're wondering why are some Christian ri Christians rich? I bet if you look in their tithing record or their giving record, I bet you're going to see a whole lot of money that they've given. And I'm not saying this so that you can say, wow, look how holy they are. I'm saying this so that you see the proof of God's word. It says right here, remember we just read it, Proverbs chapter 11, or chapter 11, verse 24. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. Those in poverty are not givers. Those who give are the ones who have enough and more than enough. It's scripture, friends. It's scripture. This is wisdom. This is wisdom from God. I'm going to end right now. I'm so excited because the Lord God is faithful. We're going to have part two today, of course, as usual. And we're going to have part two at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I want you to share this. Share this because this will bless somebody. Boy, I wish I knew this when I was a young Christian. I sure wish I knew this when I was a young Christian. But you are ahead of the game. You know it. I don't care where you are in your walk of God. The word of God is clear. Give. This is wisdom. Use wisdom. Live godly wisdom. That's what the Bible tells us to do. I'm going to end right now in prayer, and then I want you to come back at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, share it with your friends, and you're going to be blessed because the Word of God is a blessing. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for each and every one who's listened to this Word. Lord God, I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to touch their hearts. Open up the eyes of the under their understanding. Take the scales off their eyes, Lord God. Give them wisdom. Give them strategy, Lord God, to do your will. There are people there right now in the name of Jesus. I know it. I hear it in my spirit that are looking for ways that they can honor the Lord, that they want to earn more money so that they can give more. Lord God, give them godly wisdom. Give them strategy right now that they may walk out the desire that you've put in their heart, Lord God. Give each one places that they can give, Father God. Open up their eyes that they may see your truth and give them a desire to give to your people, Lord God, because that's your heart, to give to the poor, to give to the needy, to give to the children. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to give each one a desire to read your word, to be doers of your word, to walk in wisdom because that's in your word. We promise to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. We thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. If you're listening on the podcast, we're getting ready to start part two.